0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, I'm Pastor Sandy. For those of you that maybe don't know if you're visiting here, and we've been doing a series called I Love My Church. So I encourage you that if we're on, actually, this will be the third one. So if you haven't been here for the other two, even if you have been, I still encourage you to go to the podcast and listen to them. Amen? It's mypassion.church. And when it takes you to the website... You'll, it'll, you can click up on the thing up there, and you can say, go to podcast. And you click. It's real simple. You click on that, and it'll give you the campuses. You click on Alex City. And all the titles of the messages are on there. There's a lot to that. He's been putting Wednesday nights on there. Uh pastor's been ministering on great uh, faith. So I encourage you to take advantage of this. It's real simple. You can listen to it on your way to work, in your car, uh, to listen to these messages. But anyway, so we're on number three. And uh, so you need to go back so you can listen to one and two. But the reason that we do this is because we do this every year and usually about in October uh, because we want to, for those people that have come in maybe for the first time or they're just starting to come to the church, we're trying to help to give understanding and revelation to when we say church. Because, see, depending on how you were brought up, if you were brought up in the church or if you never were brought up in church or if you got a bad picture of church, your image of when we say church may be wrong. It may be incorrect. It may be hurtful. So, why we do this every year is we're hoping to give you some good information, right information of when we say the church, it's going to help you. Amen? So, this one, we're going to go to our uh, basis scripture that's for all f- uh, four of these uh, series. Of course, next Sunday is Pastor Appreciation and our celebrating 12 years of being here together as a family. Amen? So, uh, we will skip a Sunday, and then Pastor will do the last one. So our scripture that's going for this whole thing is in Ephesians two nineteen through 22, and in the message it says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, which Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds us holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. So Father, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your word. And we ask you, Lord, please let them to hear your heart today. Let them hear your heart, God. Let their eyes and their ears and their hearts be open to hear what you have for them. Pieces to the puzzles of their life. God, the completion and helping them to come to the place, God, of what you've called them to be and who you've called them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing we want to talk about is that we are God's house. In Hebrews 3 and 6, it says, But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ... So when we refer to God's house, we usually are thinking of a church building. That's what we think of automatically. But the Bible says that we, the people, are God's house. It's not about a building. It's not about all the programs. It's not about everything we got going on. It's about us, we, the people, not an individual, we, the people. That is what God's house is. So what do you do uh, about your house that you live in? You usually call it your home. It's your house, but you call it your home. So we, the people of God, are God's home. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, in the message it says, I'll live in them, move into them, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. The church is God's address. The church is God's dwelling place. So wherever the church is, God is there. That's you and me. His presence, his power, and his provision. That is why we must plant continually and grow as a people first in the house, then we take out there and tell the people that don't know and maybe haven't come into the house, but then also, too, we plant different things as God calls and leads. You know, like right now, we have three uh, campuses. We have one in Montgomery, one in Mississippi, and one uh, here in Alexander City, and there will be, I believe, a future one down the road in Tennessee, and there'll be others as God leads and directs. Amen? Why? So that we can fulfill the purpose of God, so that others can know What it's like to be in a family, to be more than just part of a building, but to be part of a family. Now God cares for His house. Now it's really hard for me sometimes to stand up here and teach, so you got to be uh, patient with me because see I get excited, but these are teaching. These are these are about teaching. These series, so I'm not going to be able to run and holler or whatever. So just don't be disappointed. So God cares for His house. The owner of the house is usually, what, responsible for the care of the house, okay, for keeping it clean, cutting the grass, you know, whether you own or whether you rent, you're usually responsible for the upkeep of your house. All the promises of God belong to his church, which is what? Corporately, you and me. We activate them by acting in faith and love, not just about ourselves, but it's for one another, We're here for one another because we're in it together. We're in this to win it. That's always what Pastor and I's uh, thing has been since the uh, 41 years we've been married. We've always said, look, you know, we win together and we lose together. You know, when things are going good, we're in it together. But when they get bad, we got to still be in it together. See, so the same thing in the church. You know, sometimes, you know, some of you might rub each other the wrong way or maybe somebody runs off and doesn't do right, but guess what? You still love them. You still pray for them. We're in it together. You know, when one's down, we don't kick them, we pick them up. When you're up, we rejoice with you. We don't get re- jealous. We say, me too. We're in the me too line. See, around here, we believe that family is that when you're down, we're going to be with you and help pick you up. And when you're up, we're going to rejoice because we're saying me too because he's no respecter of person. So we're in this together as a team. When one hurts, we all hurt. When you're in need, we pray and want to be there for you in your need. That's how family should respond. Because together, we're better. See, because when you're out here alone, you're not very strong. So the enemy can come and he can tempt and he can, you know, uh, uh, bring along destruction real easy and you'll fall for it. But when we're together as family, see, this is a lot harder to break. See, when the wind comes, see, then together, it don't blow down like when you're out here all alone. So together we're better, together we're stronger. That's what family does. Now God protects his house. In Isaiah fifty nine nineteen, it tells us that when the enemy came in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight, for he will come like a rushing stream with the breath of the Lord drives. That's in the Amplified. Now through the centuries, many have tried to destroy the church. And even to this day... Many tried to destroy the church. There was once a voluntary French philosopher, and he was an atheist, and he hated the church and the Bible. He stated that within 100 years of his death that the church would no longer exist on planet Earth. After his death, his home in Geneva, Switzerland, was purchased by the Geneva Bible Society for the purpose of distributing Bibles. Isn't that just God? To take what the devil meant for evil. Amen. So the church has and will always outlast kingdoms, companies, armies, assaults, threats, calamities, and disasters. And anybody that comes up against it, the church will stand. Why? Because Jesus lives on the inside of you and me. And greater is he that's on the inside of us than he that's in the world. And why? For the purpose of people for our lives. The church is not protected by man or by government. It is protected by the almighty God. So those who rise up against it shall fall. Those who rise up against the people of God will eventually, things will not go well for them. Not because that's what we want, because that's their choice. They set that into motion. Amen? God will... And listen, there's nothing on this planet that's more secure than the church. That's why it's so important. Why do you think the enemy fights so hard about you being in church, okay? Because he knows, see, that that is the most secure place that you could be. This is your safe place here. But now listen, now let's, on the other side of that, this ain't part of my thing, but listen, now be careful that you don't say, but I come in here, I get all I need, I suck it all up, I take it and keep it for myself, but then I don't go give it away. No, that's not the purpose. This is your safe place to come in, you to get fed and filled to overflowing so you can go take it out there to those who don't know, those who are starving, those who maybe have been misled. They need what? Jesus with skin on, who is you and me. So... There's nothing more secure than the house of God. This is where you need to be, under the umbrella, the protection of God, the blessing of God. See, there's a difference. You can say, well, I, can, I know God. I can go out there and do it on my own and turn the TV on every once in a while. No, there's a divine order. God said, come into his house. Don't forsake the assembling of my house. Why? Because he said there's a blessing in here. Yeah. See, there's a covenant. There's an umbrella of protection over your life. There's a strength and a unity that comes when the family comes together. So come in here in your safe place so that you can be built up to come against when the enemy comes. The God, God provides for his house. Whose house? His house, but it's our house, right? Together. It's not just one or two people. It's all of our house together. There's that we again. You know, it's not me. It's we. It's us. God provides for his people that they may provide for his house, work in different areas physically, what needs to be done, whether it's cutting the grass, cleaning the bathrooms, vacuuming the carpeting, caring for the children, volunteering to greet people at the door, volunteering to be an usher, helping with the children next door. Whatever it needs, God said, my house needs you He needs us. He needs us to come together and take care of his house. So he provides for us. You care for this house, and I guarantee you, your house and whatever your needs are or whatever you're believing for, you put God's house first and all that other stuff that you're waiting or believing God for in your house or you're believing maybe for a house, God will make it happen. When you sow seed into God's house, God said, I'll make what you, what you make happening for others. I will be sure that it happens in your life and in your home. God has put in each of you gifts and talents and abilities. He gave them to you for a greater purpose, more than just making money. He placed them in us, why? So that we would sow them into his work and through the church. And like I said, that's physical care of his house, but it's also serving in ministry. And like I said, it can be, there's so many things from cleaning is just as important as being with the children or uh, greeting somebody at the door. There are so many needs in God's house and it takes us all together. But let me tell you the best thing of all, do you know there's benefits when you serve in God's house? Whether you clean the toilets, cut the grass, or you serve, or you uh, sing up on the stage, or you serve the children, there are benefits. It's what they call a benefit package. And I can guarantee you this, it's better than any benefit package you'll ever get on your job. Even if you're working for the government, it's a lot better benefit package because this benefit package never runs out. It can never be taken away from you. It's always there to benefit your life when we serve in God's house. Isn't that exciting? We have only scratched the surface of this amazing blessing that is ours through being an active part in God's house. See, we can't just sit because, see, God is sending them in. But guess what? He said, when I send them in, it's not going to take just two or three, four or five 8 or 10, 15 or 20, as I begin to fill this house, it's going to take a lot of people to help to serve them and care for them. Then there's going to be more, The more, just like in your house, right? If there's only one or two of you in there, but if you invite guests over, all of a sudden, oh gosh, there's a lot more to do, a lot more to prepare on the front thing, a lot more to do while they're there, and then after they leave, you've got a lot more to do afterwards. Well, it's the same thing in God's house. The more he sends, there's more to do. So what? He needs more workers, He said, I can't send them in if I don't have enough workers, so get busy now so God will send them in because he said, I'll send it to those that are preparing and ready. Don't say, well, I'll get involved when I see you need more help. No, God said, I need you now, see, because to show me you're ready, to show me you're expecting, and then I'll begin to send them. So we've only scratched the surface, but we've got to be an active part in God's house. What serving and caring for God's house and for his people so that you can begin to reap the benefits. Because, see, there's there's just no limit to God and there's no limit in what he can do in us and for us and through us with us in the church. When you come in here and you get connected and you get planted, like I've used this so many times, it's just like that tree that's been put in a five-gallon bucket. Okay, if that tree is supposed to be a big tree... Okay, it can't live in that five-gallon bucket forever. If you just keep moving it around the yard, eventually it's going to begin, become root-bound, and it'll either become stunted or it will die. And it's just like you and I. We were made to come in and be planted, put our roots down, and then grow. See, and if we're not continually growing, we're not healthy. But in order to grow, you've got to get planted. You just can't keep traveling. You've got to get planted in God's house and get connected. But the limit is up to us. In this scripture um, in 2 Kings 13 and 21 in the Amplified, Blake's going to pull that up. I'm going to tell you this little story um, talking about Elisha. Amen. Because we're going to read it in the, in the Amplified. It says, As a man was being buried for an open burial, such a band was seen coming. And the man was cast cast into Elisha's grave. Now, listen, Elisha had died, and uh, and and uh, I mean, into yeah, Elisha had died. Okay, but now Elijah had transferred to him a double portion. Now, Elisha's dead. Okay, it says he's in his grave. And when the man being let down, so they've got another dead man, they've got a crowd coming, a lot of commotion, they got to get out of there. They throw this dead man in there. Touch down on, when, those, when the dead man touched the bones of Elisha, he was revived, stood on his feet, and got up and walked out. Now think about that. The power had stayed in this man, and it was in his bones. In a dead man's bones, the power that had transferred, how much more should the power of God be in our lives? Amen. So that when we come face to face or encounter someone who's maybe lost or feels hopeless or hurt or brokenhearted, how much more should they know and feel the power of God in our lives? Amen. That we intentionally connect ourselves when you're connected in the local church. See, you've now built a foundation. Power is being transferred to you every Sunday, every Wednesday by the word of God into your lives. So, so much more while you're alive should we have some power. That when we come in contact with people, no matter where they are in life, they're just going to say, they may say to you, look, I don't know what it is, but I just need you to pray for me or I don't know what it is about you, but I just need whatever you got. They don't understand because the power is transferable. Why? Because he's living on the inside of us and so much more that we got the Holy Spirit in us. So much more that we should be doing more. That the life of Jesus, that everywhere we go, flows into every part of our life and out of our life into others and everywhere that we go. Because the power of Jesus is on the inside of you and me. And how do we get stronger? By coming together in God's house gathering corporately. See, there's a different power. There's a different impartation that happens even individually when you're praying or you're at your home or you're listening to CDs or tapes or whatever. There's a different impartation when we come together corporately. See, there's a different impartation of God's power, His revelation, His Word. There's a difference corporately when we come together. So we need to ask ourselves this question. As Pastor Ron is going to come, are we fully walking in God's power? When the lost are hurting and they come into our presence, are we bringing to them the power of Jesus Christ that's living in our lives? And you know, see, you ain't got to say nothing. Those dead bones didn't say a thing, they were dead. But when that other dead body touched it, it came alive because the power that was in those bones, the power that's in our lives, sometimes you ain't got to say nothing. But just give somebody a hug. Just tell somebody that you care. Maybe invite them to church. Wow, what a big revelation. What's the worst they can do? Holler at you? Spit at you? Tell you no? Well, then just say, okay. Wait a while and maybe God will give you another opportunity. to Ask them another time. Do you know they say that the percentage of white people don't go to church because nobody ever asked. And then sometimes somebody said, well, because they only asked one time. Well, they weren't ready then. See, so never think, well, I've asked them once and that's it. Well, thank God God didn't only just come to you one time, come to me one time. Thank God He continually is coming and giving us time after time, chance after chance. See, but are we bringing the power in our lives? say but you don't know man what I've been going through and I got enough trouble on my own I I don't feel like telling anybody about God or I don't feel like I got any power man I feel like I'm about drained out well then come into the house of God come and get filled on Sundays listen to the podcast come on Wednesdays get your faith built up so that you can be stronger for yourself and then for others see because it's not just about you and me see it is about others our lives, there's people that are watching you that you're not even aware of that are watching your life, what you do and how you do it and maybe waiting for the right moment to say, hey where do you go to church or what is it that you're doing because it just seems like I've been watching you and even when things are good or things are bad, somehow you always just seem to come back well there's your opportunity because I've got God And God's placed me in a church family where we're growing together, where we're stronger, where we're better. We've got to come and have that power in our lives of a soul winning power, a power that when people come and they feel like they have no hope, or maybe they're ready to take their life, it's all around, people, even in the church so then don't only you know think well oh they're okay they sit next to me every sunday when was the last time you went over and asked them is there anything i can pray with you about when was the last time you called them and said look i noticed you haven't been there see never take for granted that everything's okay because you're gonna have times in your life and i hope to god that somebody comes to you and says look i want you to know i've been praying for you i don't know what's going on but i just know god had me praying for that should be normal in your life now we're pastors yes and God puts people on our hearts all the time but that's not just as a pastor as a child of God you should constantly if you're listening and being sensitive to God God will speak to you now he's not going to tell you their problems but he'll say pray for them pray for them I'm telling you man it's it's an everyday thing in our lives, sometimes it's an all-night thing. Sometimes I will have to say, I get a little selfish and say, God, I would like to sleep just a little bit, you know. Can we do this a little bit later? But I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's a matter of life and death for you to pray, and you better hope when you're obedient that somebody's being obedient on your behalf. When you need some prayer, that somebody's going to wake up regardless of what time it is and pray for you. So you do that same thing. Don't take that for lightly. Don't take it lightly when you feel a prompting or you just hear somebody's name and then just go, oh, that must not have been enough. No, just pray. You don't have to. know. just pray. Just pray. But we need that power and an expectation in our lives that when we come in here, that we're going to take it out there. We're going to take it to one another and be there for one another because that's what brings the dead alive. Spiritually, and physically Jesus said that we would do so much more we would do so much more that it's not a foreign thing that we should expect to see the lame walk that we should see the dead come alive again that we should see blind eyes open and the ears that's not a weird freaky thing that is real they did it then and what did he say you would do so much more who's you? you and me See, every one of you, whether you ever stand on a platform, whether you ever stand in a class, God said, I've called each and every one of you. Each and every one of you have been called with special gifts and callings. I've called you and anointed you. There's people coming across your path that will never come across my path. You're going to touch people that I will never see. God said each and every one of us have been called that doesn't mean you got to know every scripture and you got to know your bible front from back no he said be real let the one who lives on the inside of you go and tell those around you God loves you God cares about you did you know that God cares about your bills being paid God cares about your children being well. God cares about you having enough to do all that you need to do and then going and being a blessing. Do You know that God cares about you being happy and having wholeness in your marriage. That you're waking up with joy. Joy unspeakable. A peace that passes all understanding that you can lay your head down at night and go, you know what, God? It may not be where I'm at right now. I know things are going to change, but I'm going to lay down tonight with the peace of God in knowing that tomorrow will be a better day. Tomorrow I got another chance at this thing. I got another chance at this thing called life. I got another chance, God, to be your representation in this world. And I thank you for it. See, life should be getting better, not bitter your marriage should be getting more exciting you should be coming more in love not less but see with god that can happen but that's the difference see we change the me for us but god's got to see there's got to be god in there see god first then your mate then your family see And your job, church. But see, if you don't get that balanced out, if you're all over in one area and not in these others, you know, see, without God being first, then all this out here will always still be just messed up and always out of balance. See, keep God first. Be in His house. Listen to His Word. Hear it. Receive it. Grow. See, what happens to a healthy tree? It grows. And then it begins to produce. Amen? And that's what we've got to do. And as a church family. And see, if we'll become more aware of what God is doing and what God is saying, then you won't have time to be looking to your left and looking to your right and looking in the front what so-and-so ain't doing, what they haven't done, what they're doing to irritate you, or how much you think they've messed up in their life. You ain't got time for that. All you know is you're paying attention to God and hearing His voice. And when He says pray, you pray. Because, see, when you obey, oh, let me tell you, what the blessings and joy is in obeying. So, see, get your mind off now. When you think of church, it's not a physical building not about, you know, that they've got all the perfect people and all the perfect music and all the perfect programs and everybody's just so wonderful and perfect in there. Because when you walked in the door and I walked in the door, the church became imperfect. So you're never going to ever find a perfect church because we're all not perfect. We're trying to become better at that, right? But listen, let's do this thing as family look at the church as you and me and us we together because together we're better and never assume all the time of saying oh well they probably got enough help you know I haven't heard them say anything oh they probably don't need no help over there I can tell you this I'm not called to do that well maybe you're not called but if we have a need why don't you help for a while till the one that is called comes Because there's some extra benefits in that, let me tell you. And especially in ministry to our children. And guess what? If we have several helping, then that means that there's not just always one or two people doing the same thing. You know? We get to distribute the workload. It's just like in your house, you know? If you're the only one that ever does anything and you've got a house full of people, guess what? After a while, it gets a little tiring, don't it? It gets a little wearing down because it's like, hey, can you pick up your own clothes? You know, could you maybe help with dinner tonight? Could you maybe help take out the garbage? You know, well, how much more in God's house? He said, let's do this together because it will lessen the load. But together, we're so much better. And so much stronger. See, don't let the enemy try to keep you out of church because of what someone said or what someone did. Amen. Because that's the setup of the enemy to keep you from walking in your blessing. From walking in your better. Amen. You can just go ahead and stand up for just a minute. I want to pray over you. I know that sometimes, too, we can think, well, you know, oh, my God, I don't want to hear about the church. Well, you're the church, so you need to hear about it. Amen? So you don't have excuses no more. Well, I don't want to go to church because you're the church. And when you come in, look, instead of looking around and trying to critique or, or saying, man, they, they they need help over there or that they, they really need to do something over there, Why don't you help? Make better what you have in your home. You won't have to go somewhere else then. Amen. Because what you're doing in your house, you're making it better. Take ownership. Honor God's house. And God said, I'll bless your house. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you today for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your teachings, God, to help us. Because where there's understanding, see... Then we declare right now in the name of Jesus, there comes understanding, there comes clarity, but then there comes faith. It takes out away fear. It takes away the misunderstandings. We thank you right now, for we are a people of God that have come together and asking, Father, help us to be better in you. Oh, God, let us be the church in a world that's dying, that's hurting, Father, that's crying out for something better and different. Oh, God, let us point the finger first and say, Lord, help me to be that Jesus was skin on. Help my life be the story that goes out there and tells the world of your love and of your goodness. Let my life be an open book, God, that I'm not perfect. But, God, I love you, and I want to love your people. I thank you right now God that even for people that are struggling or going through there's some things that they've been going through in their physical bodies I declare right now wholeness and healing some of it has been even due father to unforgiveness and bitterness is just racking their lives they don't even realize it but that's where sickness and disease is coming from where that turmoil is coming from I declare right now God that they're able to let them go Let it go. I declare a wholeness right now in their lives, even where their spirits have been wounded, their hearts have been broken. I declare right now a recover all, a restoring, God, into your people with peace and love and joy. God, that they walk in forgiveness and through the forgiveness they'll begin to see health and wholeness and peace coming into their lives. I declare right now that everything the enemy has stolen, God. And they say, but you don't know, I wasn't doing right. But that's all right. The devil's still got to pay back because it's what you're doing today. You're doing right today. You're here today. So we declare, recover all for everything the enemy has stolen from your people this day in Jesus' name. Physically, emotionally, financially, in Jesus' name. And I thank you right now for those that are looking for jobs. God, or maybe they have a job, but they're believing for something different, I declare raises, promotions from you, Father. Open doors, God. I declare that no weapon formed against your children can or will ever prosper. Every tongue that has risen up against them, that is trying to come against them right now, God, is going to boomerang back on them. Your children have favor and they have your blessing in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And if you can agree with that, say amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.